Hi everybody, this is Johnny Mays. Welcome to this podcast on the Lord's Day. So good to have you tuned in. Uh, I appreciate you listening and sharing. Today I'm just thinking about the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the love of God, the peace of God. And I'm thinking of the security of God. I've been asked over the years, Brother Johnny, what do you think of once saved, always saved? And I say to them, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, Brother Johnny, that people who are saved can do what they want to, live how they want to, and still go to heaven. And I say to that, well, where did they get that idea? Certainly not from the Bible. Listen, friends, don't get caught up in ridiculous debates and vain babblings. If you want to know something about truth, go to the Bible. For the Bible says that those who are saved are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It says that those who are saved, that the old things, meaning the former way of living, the former life, the former manner of life, have passed away, and all things have become new. See, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you obtain salvation and an inheritance in eternity filled with blessings. Can you say amen? One of those blessings is his assurance that no one can snatch you from his hand. His blessings is a security, a peace that passes all understanding. In fact, the Bible says you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is the peace that we have with God? Now, here's something you have to learn. This peace he's talking about isn't referring to our feelings. Because very often our feelings don't feel very peaceful. This peace that he's talking about is the peace that we have in relationship with God. If we have peace with God because of salvation, what did we have prior to salvation? I mean, before we were saved, was there a peace between you and God? No, the fact is it was the opposite. There was war. War, the opposite of peace. You see, Christ changed our relationship to God dramatically. Before we were saved, we were at war with God. He was our enemy, and we were his enemy. But through justification by faith in Christ Jesus, God has brought us into relationship of peace. The war is over. Now remember, this peace is not an attitude of psychological tranquility or calm of mind. This peace with God means our war with Him is over. Now I know, most people think they've never been at war with God. But the Bible says that before you come to Christ, you were at war with God. You were an enemy with God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. And then again, some non-Christians will claim to be religious. They will claim to believe in God and be concerned about what he thinks. 
and they don't see themselves as enemies of God, actively striking blows at God's kingdom. But the issue is not that they are at war with God, but that God is at war with them. You see, the majority of the people don't see themselves as fighting God, but God is their enemy, whether they are consciously aware that he's an enemy or not. In fact, the war is so severe. Listen to this now. This is the truth, Brother Johnny's telling you. The war is so severe that God will someday cast the unbeliever into an eternal lake of fire to burn for eternity. God is at war with a sinner because he is the enemy of sin and sin's father Satan. And if you're not a child of God, then you're a child of the devil. John chapter 1 verse 12 and John chapter 8 verse 44. So when people come to know Christ as their Savior, they are brought into a relationship with God that guarantees their peace with God and their eternal security with God. In the book of Jude verse 24, it declares, To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Listen, friends, God's power is able to keep the believer from falling. It's up to him, not to us, to present us before his glorious presence. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, I'm just a sheep, but the Lord's, the shepherd has responsibility over me. The Lord Jesus Christ proclaimed that I give them eternal life and that they shall never perish, that no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. You see, both Jesus and the Father have us firmly grasped in their hand. Who could possibly separate us from the grip of both the Father and the Son? In fact, Ephesians 4.30 tells us that believers are sealed for the day of redemption. My friends, if we as believers did not have eternal security, the sealing could not truly be until the day of redemption, but only to the day of sinning, apostasy, or disbelief. And which of us have not sinned since we gave our hearts to Christ? But those sins are covered. Amen. If a person were to be promised eternal life, but then having it taken away from them, it was never eternal. But I have given you eternal life. Think about it. If eternal security is not true, the promises of eternal life in the Bible would be an error, would be a lie. And the most powerful argument for eternal security is Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of our God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our security, our eternal security, is based on not our performance, but upon God's love for those whom he has redeemed. You see, our security is purchased by Christ, promised by the Father, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things that you can count on 
is God's word. It is the thing that stands up against all debate. All debate. In fact, I will not debate this subject with you, for I feel like it would be unworthy of the truth to debate it. If you are not sure of your redemption, of your salvation, if you feel like there's something that you could do that's so bad that God could never forgive you, then friend, I'm sure that you have no knowledge of Christ. You have no knowledge of Christ. If your faith, as you say you have, is so weak that you believe that you could do something that could cause God to annihilate you, leave you away, uh, then you don't know this God of all grace and mercy. The God of grace and mercy secured you while you were yet his enemy. Christ died for you. When you were at war with God, Christ died for you. And because he loved you, Christ died for you. You think you could ever do anything that would cause him to love you less? You say, well, Brother Johnny, I could walk away. And it would be like Peter. Where would you go? Where would you go? You can't walk away. You can never walk away from this. Now, you may be reluctant to obey. You may, you may, you may be so carnal uh, in your thoughts that you continually seek after pleasures of sin. But listen to me, friend. That would only say one thing to me, that you don't really know Jesus Anyway, your confession is false. See, he that loves God, he that wants God, listen, is no longer a lover of sin. As the deer panted for the water, so your soul longeth after God. Now, does that mean, Brother Johnny, you're saying that some people can't, can't sin? No, uh, we all can stumble and fall. We all can sin. We could at one moment be caught unaware and find ourselves doing things that we ought not. Paul talks about that in Romans 7. Oh, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But then he opens Romans chapter 8 with these words. Listen, thank God. For therefore is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you're in Christ Jesus, my friends, God has placed you in a place, praise God, of new beginnings. And your life is always evolving, growing, putting away childish things, fleeing youthful lusts. Oh, my friend, just know this. Salvation that you have is sound and pure and unbroken. God will lo is loving you and has loved you forever. And he's loving you now with the great measure of Christ. Don't fail God by believing anything less. Don't waver at your faith. Oh, my friends, do as Paul said, flee youthful lust. Don't, don't. Wet your appetite with the things of the world. Set your mind on those things which are heavenly, those things that are divine. Live as a child of the King. Live as those that have been translated out of darkness into the Son of His love. Live as one who's been reborn, truly reborn, no longer a man of the flesh, but a child of the King, a child of the kingdom.
This is my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. And have a good Lord's Day. Amen.